special edition of Flock Talk, the official podcast of the Beloit Sky Carp. This is Josh Flickinger, and I'm joined by two very special guests and a not-so-special co-host remotely who chose not to be here. We'll get over that. I'm joined by Beloit Sky Carp first baseman Zach Zubia and also Marlins first-round pick from last year, Jacob Berry. Guys, welcome to the show, and welcome to Beloit. Welcome back in your case, Zach. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So, Zach, it's it's been a little while, and you know what? Let's introduce Larry. Larry, where are you right now? Why are you not here? And uh, welcome. Let's yeah, we'll uh, we'll just get it out of the way. Um, I'm actually in Florida, so it's a bit of a role reversal, calling some hoops uh, down in the Panhandle. So, well, okay. you're a man in need, a man of many talents, and uh, I know our fans appreciate it. We'll miss you this weekend, but uh, hey, it's only a couple months. you're back here at abc supply stadium april 7th folks is your not only your season opener but your home opener too as we welcome in the wisconsin timber rattlers so zach what were what were some of the feelings here as you you got back into beloit you came rolling down from milwaukee you guys battling some traffic maybe a little snow flurry what are your what are your thoughts coming back here to beloit i mean you know it's awesome uh coming from texas this off season you know we, we we don't get to experience much cold um so that's obviously a little uh, shock to the body, obviously. But, you know, it's it's nice. It's nice to experience something new, something different. Um, yeah, I have a lot of great memories from last year. Um, you know, met some great guys on the team and, you know, had great fans show up for the summer. Uh, and you know, I'm just super excited to, you know, come back here next year, play again and uh, support the city of Beloit. Absolutely. You know, Jacob, I got to ask, you know, we've been talking for about 20 minutes here, but I haven't asked. What are your I was saving it for the podcast what are your first impressions of the place? Is it what you expected? Is it better? Is it, don't say if it's worse, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different of what I expected. Okay. I mean, I obviously went to LSU this last year and the winters there are a little bit different. It seems like than here right now, they're a little <laughs> bit wet, a little bit wetter and a little bit colder, but this isn't as bad as I thought it kind of, kind of told Zach when we got off the airplane, I was like, it kind of feels like Colorado and that's kind of where I was born and, yeah. and kind of where I have family from. So the cold dry isn't as bad as I thought originally, but when kind of stepping out on the field, getting a little breeze, it's got a little kick to it. So <laughs> it's a little different, but um, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to kind of take my next step in kind of a process and, and hopefully play here and do well here. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, guys, you should probably go outside maybe play a little catch, take some swings, because last year on opening day it was 38 degrees and snowing. So uh, get used to it. <laughs> well, that's, um, Go ahead, Larry. This is going to happen a lot, uh, and I guess I can take the blame. But um, just overall, <laughs> looking at your guys' off-season routines, uh, how does that go? What do you guys do to stay warm? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I spent most of the time in Arizona and Florida, and those are both warm climates, so I, I was – in shorts and t-shirts most of my off season, just kind of working out, just hitting, just kind of getting back into the routine I had in college and and throughout high school. And obviously that I built this last year in um, Jupiter. And I think just kind of building upon that and, and getting back into shape and getting ready for spring training because it's my kind of my first full year and Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. So just kind of been getting into a routine that works for me and I'm excited to to do it. Yeah. And, you know, going off of what Jacob said, I think that for myself, I, uh, you know, got to, to learn a lot last year being my first full season, you know, playing 100 games is um, something different to the body that you don't experience in college. And, you know, both being college guys, I think that um, both of us 
know how to handle our routines, but you know, the body part is a little different playing that extra 40 to 60 games, depending on the schedule that you play. Um, so for myself, you know, taking what I learned from last season, um, putting that into my off season training, you know, trying to prepare my body for that lengthy season instead of, you know, uh, the, the 60 game season that we've been adapted to over the course of our lives. And then, you know, learning from that and just getting ready for it. Um, you know, getting to play 120 games was fun last year. You know, Larry touched on it a little bit, but but you guys are, you know, not necessarily acclimated to this. Zoobs, you joined us a little bit later. And of course, you were in the midst of your college season. So, you know, of course, this won't happen at home. We've programmed it that all our home games will be 60 degrees and above. <laughs> but when you go on the road in the Midwest League, you might encounter, you know, some of those 30s and 40s. Have you guys ever played baseball in that kind of weather before? Yeah, you know, we talked about it um, in the, on, the, on the car ride here. You know, the, the cold that you experience in the south and the, in the south of wet and rainy and that wet cold, is, yeah. it's different. It, it definitely hits different. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that brisk cold air. It's, you know, kind of where your shirt's getting a little damp uh -huh. and, you know, you're soaking and you're kind of just not miserable, but you're freezing. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, we can get through that um, in, in the deep south of Texas, Louisiana, then, you know, you can get used to the cold air burning your chest in the Midwest. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about it, just like you said. And I mean, playing in Louisiana, I played in a few games that were in the low 30s. I mean, kind of upper 20s that were just kind of cold. And it's really just a wet, windy kind of feeling that kind of gets under your skin a little bit. So. I mean, I'm sure this will be a different cold, but I'm sure we'll adapt to it as well. And Jacob, you know, this is a question that I've asked Zach before. Playing at a big school and a big conference, uh, and maybe you two can squabble back and forth about it, but I'm going to go ahead and call the SEC the best baseball conference in the country uh, rather than the Big 12. But how much did the SEC prepare you uh, for pro ball? Yeah, I mean, I played in two great conferences. I think people forget about the Pac-12 that I played in my freshman year. And, I mean, obviously the Big 12 is a great conference as well. I think all of those have kind of attributed to the player I've become and, and the player I'm going to continue to grow and to be. And, and I think I've just learned at every, every stage and every place that I've been at, um, there's something different and something that I can learn. I mean, playing the Team USA a couple summers ago, learned so much from guys from the ACC, other Pac-12 schools, SEC schools, and just learning how they play the game. And I think it's just, I think it's just kind of a good thing because there's not really one style of baseball. There's, there's different styles of baseball and, and learning all of them and knowing how to play all of them is a big kind of, it's a big thing nowadays with um, everything. Absolutely. Zach, you, you know, you mentioned you had some great memories from last year. Is there any, is there a game or a moment maybe that you remember most from your time as a, as a sky carp? You know, I think uh, coming here whenever we were in the midst of a yes. late playoff push. I wouldn't say it technically was one game per se, you know, because, you know, when we got here, every game mattered. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to, to pull it off at the end, you know, the, the comeback. But, you know, every game that we played seemed like it mattered more and more and more. Um, and that was awesome to feel that because, you know, uh, oopsie. Oopsie. Uh, <laughs> we'll, but, we'll, we'll continue. But, yeah, I think that, um, you know, being able to be a part of that late playoff push was important because, you know, playing the game to win is important to me. Yeah. And uh, that's that's something that I, I like to do. And, I, I you know, you grow up playing the game to win. 
And so uh, I like to I like to have that feeling of chasing something, and you know, hopefully next year uh, have that same feeling from game one to all the way, which I think we will. You know, it's it's a unique situation when you get called up mid-season, Zach, and a lot of guys go through it. But when you start the season with one group and then get called up to the next group, everything changes: location, league, talent level, but also you mentioned it that winning factor. Uh, how hard is it to adjust from one situation where you may not be in contention uh, to another situation where you definitely are? Um, you know, I think that comes with your routine. Um, you know, if you build your routine every single day to be successful, whether you're on a uh, on a team that's doing hot or not doing too hot, you know, then you don't have to change as a person. Um, if you come in with the mindset of, you know, trying to succeed and be the best person you can be that day, um, then you don't have to really worry about changing for anybody else because, you know, that person that you're trying to be is the best for your team that day. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, it sometimes can get overlooked in the, in the midst of becoming a better baseball player, but you know, that routine that they, that they, that the Marlins talk about and that, you know, you get talked to as a kid and as a, as a young college player, it's a, it's really important to not overlook that idea. You know, Jacob, Zach just talked about the transition. You had an even bigger transition from, you know, from an amateur to a professional, you went through the draft process. I mean, that had to have been uh, one of the more interesting years of your life. Did you, after uh, the season was over in September, did you just kind of have to take a, a deep breath and be like, that was kind of a crazy whirlwind couple of months? Yeah, for sure. I mean, going obviously into my last year at LSU, I was kind of just looking forward to just playing the year, kind of trying to hopefully get back to Omaha and maybe for play for a national championship and obviously didn't happen. But it seemed like as soon as I got done there, I packed up stuff and I was heading home and then, from there, it was to an MLB combine in San Diego. And, and then it was right after I getting drafted and then getting flown out. And, and it was just all happened so fast. It's like I blinked an eye and I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm already I'm already finished with my college season. And I'll, I blink my eye and, oh, my goodness, I, the draft's already happened. And then all of a sudden, I'm done with my first, first season um, with the Marlins. And I was just like, I mean, I just couldn't believe how fast it went. And now I'm here and talking about this next year, my first full year. So it's just it's just kind of crazy. And I don't think I really had time to look back and, and um, like kind of reflect, to be honest with you. It was just like, oh, my gosh, what do I need to do now to prepare for the next season and get my body healthy and my mind right and and hopefully do well this year? And with a situation like that, I don't think a lot of people know what happens after the draft. Obviously, your college season ends. You've got a little bit of time and then the draft hits. It's now a little bit later in the year than it used to be. But take us through what happens when you get drafted and then shortly thereafter. Yeah, so for um, my experience, I, I literally got done with the regional at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, came back, packed up my apartment, and then um, I drove across the country. It was about 22-hour drive and broke it up a little, a little ways. And then I got home and then uh, I think about a week later, I was getting kind of shipped off to um, San Diego to do meetings at the MLB Combine. And then from there, I had a little bit of time. So I went home, kind of enjoyed my siblings, which I hadn't been able to do for the last few years. I have three younger siblings. So it's kind of cool to get to follow them and work out and kind of just be around them for a few weeks. And from there, I, I literally, got drafted and then I think it was a day later I get a phone call the next morning while the the I think rounds like the mm -hmm. final rounds the second day were 
kind of concluding and they said you're leaving tomorrow morning <laughs> and you're going to miami and i was like okay and packed my stuff sure enough me and my whole family loaded up went to miami had the all the great experience of the pro day and obviously all the medical stuff and then from there it was right up to jupiter start working out and and um, within a week i was playing in um, the florida complex leagues and then right after that i think a week i was i got bumped up to low end and that's when zach um, kind of got bumped up here as well so it was it all came at me really quick and I mean I just had to slow it down and, and kind of find my rhythm again and I think I did that after a few weeks I think the first few weeks I was kind of in shock just kind of getting back into it having like a month off but um, I mean I was working out and, and hitting but definitely it was it was nice to kind of get back into baseball mode and I think this year I'm a little bit more prepared and, and I'm yeah just kind of more experienced with it at least. Now, Zach, not all of us are the sixth overall pick yeah. in the draft. I mean, that's that's it's a very select group that's in that. But was well, yours? May, may I say, well deserving. Well, oh, absolutely, very, very well deserving. Absolutely, no, no question about it. Uh, what, what was your what was your was your process very similar to that? Uh, yeah. So, um, twenty twenty one, obviously, get yep. drafted. Um, in the last round of the draft. So a little different. Um, <laughs> he and I actually were back-to-back picks if you really think about it. Um, so if you, really, if you really think about it, that's kind of cool. Um, but I, uh, I was actually, my family and I had taken a vacation to Vegas, um, you know, in hopes if I got drafted, you know, we would celebrate in Vegas. Um, my dad was actually on business there. And so um, my whole family says, let's pack up so my dad could be there if I did get drafted. If I didn't, um, we had a little vacation to Vegas. But, uh, you know, I went, um, get drafted, and they said, hey, you're leaving for two days to Jupiter. And so, you know, I flew home to Vegas, packed up my apartment in a, in a night in Austin, and I was flying out to Jupiter uh, the next morning at, like, 6 in the morning. Um, so, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a crazy whirlwind. Um, and, you know, pushed into games probably two or three weeks later. And, you know, um, yeah, like you said, it, it definitely shocks you whenever you're back into playing every single day. And, you know, you, you have to really catch your breath. And fortunately for him, he was able to for myself. Um, I didn't, you know, perform as well as I wanted to. But, you know, I learned a lot from that um, going into this year or this past year um, about how it is to be mentally as physically to how important it is to be mentally ready as as physically ready as well um so you know obviously you learn from your mistakes you learn from your your losses and i think it helped me out a lot last year and with the adjustment to pro ball and and maybe to different levels uh throughout the year uh, give me an idea of just how big the jump is from high major collegiate baseball pitching to low-level minor league baseball pitching because i know there's a big jump there um i think from my experience i think you know the velo and pro ball definitely jumps up a tick um i would say that everyone throws harder Mm -hmm. um you know because and even in your high level uh college d1 colleges i think that you have you know you have your guys who throw the friday saturday sunday game and then, you know, two or three bullpen arms. And then, you know, if you could get into that fourth, fifth, or sixth bullpen arm. You're doing really well. You could put some runs up. You can get some <laughs> stats a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you can the stats start coming up for sure. But, you know, whenever you're in pro ball, it just seems like dude after dude after dude start rolling out of the pen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch a big league game now, it's yeah. like, I mean, 
everyone's a hundred plus. Everybody's everybody's a dude. Yeah, I, I think the biggest way I explained it to people was like just literally facing a Friday night pitcher every every day. single time, and then it's facing everybody's best arm out of the pen. So it's just kind of like you said, everybody's velo is up a little bit. It seems like they are a little bit more careful with the arms and obviously do a little bit better job than in college. So. I mean, I, I feel like they value their everybody's rest and everything like that. So guys are really coming out full strength for their four, five, six innings, and then relief guys. Relief innings yeah, a, and a, then a week. Yeah, where college they might get that in a night, and then they're back they're, out there the next. Day, yeah, right? back out there next day, and and they're not the same guy the next day. Where sure here they're fresh every time, and and. Um, definitely full strength so it's it's definitely an adjustment you know we were talking before we press record on this and i was kind of fascinated jacob i want i want you to tell the fans a little bit about your family and one thing we didn't touch on where are the genes coming from is it mom is it dad is it both like what what kind of what kind of background are they giving you guys and then talk about your younger siblings who are uh certainly on a great path as well yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I have I'm the oldest of four siblings. I have three younger siblings, two sisters, and a younger brother. And um, the next one, she's a she's a senior. She's actually committed to go to Stanford to play softball. The next one, she's a junior. She's a pitcher, and she has a few offers right now on the table. She hasn't decided. And then my younger brother actually has a couple offers for baseball. So they're all and he's very old? gifted. He is 15 years old. So he's this is his freshman year of high school. He's never played in a game. So <laughs> it's kind it's kind of crazy to me how the heck he has a an offer and he's never played in a high school varsity game. I mean, it just seems like they get younger and younger each year. But I mean, I was very gifted from both my parents. My dad played uh, minor league baseball with the Astros. And then my mom played a little bit of Division Two basketball when she was oh, in college. So, I mean, I was I was gifted. I mean, obviously not as tall as Zach, but oh. it, um, I worked out in some, some Speaking ways. Speaking of that, one of my favorite stories from this past year is I'm on the field and Dax is playing catch. I'm just casually talking to him. I said, Dax, you're a tall guy. Did you ever play basketball? And he says, um, you know, I did. I Growing up, I played. But then um, I got a full ride scholarship from Oklahoma when I was in eighth grade for baseball. So I I just decided I I, I wasn't going to risk it. I'm like, yeah, but good decision, Dax. <laughs> yeah, it's good decision. Really good decision. <laughs> it's worked out pretty pretty well for Dax. I can't help but ask Zach. I know Matt Mitchie's going to love this question. Our producer. I think you had our favorite walk up song last season. Tops drop by Fat Pat. I had never heard that song in my life until you walked to the plate for the first time at ABC Supply Stadium. How'd you find that song? And then for Jacob, what's your walk-up song? Um, so it's 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 kind of funny, I guess, but um, I'm actually really big into the UFC. I love watching the UFC. Um, and so two weeks before spring training last year, I was really lucky to go to uh, – the UFC fight in Houston and thank you to my girlfriend for getting those tickets. Um, but you know, I, I was at the fight and there's a guy in Houston. His name is Derek Lewis. Um, they call him the black beast. He's, he's a, a Houston legend. Um, you know, everyone loves him. And he walked out to that song at the UFC fight and it got me so fired up. I was out of my seat like I was ready to go in the ring and then I saw the other guy walk in the ring I said I don't want to go in the ring but uh you know I heard that song and it just kind of made the hair on the back of my neck stand up a little bit just you know being in that moment and uh 
so you know for y'all y'all like it i know uh i got a lot of compliments on it here and in jupiter um but you know for me it's it gets me almost fired up a little bit and you know i'm sitting here thinking about it now and it's getting me a little fired and you're up sticking with it for 2023 i mean i might as well i mean it, it, it had some good juju yeah, uh, last year knock on some wood sorry poopsie <laughs> um and yeah um i think uh I, I like it it gets me fired up it gets me uh ready to roll awesome yeah and i mean my walk up song is not near as interesting as that for sure but um <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't even, in Jupiter, I didn't even know you could pick your walk-up song until the last <laughs> week. So I, I was playing some hip-hop song, and I had no idea you could change it until somebody had changed theirs. And I was like, hey, how'd you, how'd you get that? And they're like, you can tell them what you want, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't know that. And, uh, and um, so in college, I always had just something simple, like a country song. Mm-hmm. I had caught up in that country. And then um, No Place Like Hometown by Hardy. So, I mean, okay. a very, very simple. I mean, we'll, we'll see what the year has in store, but um, I'm sure it'll be something along those lines again now. Well, guys, we really appreciate you joining us here for Flock Talk. Larry, for remoting in and taking some time out of your Florida vacation or work trip, however you want to phrase it, is fine. Uh, but uh, but thanks again, guys, and uh, we appreciate having you, Beloit. We look forward to the 2023 season. Thanks, Larry. Thank you Larry, for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you guys. Good to see you, fellas.